0: So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have you here. Today, I have the privilege of talking to my dear friend, um, Angie Meyer. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Angie. Glad to have you here.
1: Oh, so happy to be here.
0: Angie and I uh, met a long time ago through student ministries. Um, we were both working with youth groups in the state of Wisconsin, and we would see each other almost every month at rallies, and I had a chance just to get to know her at that time. She and her husband David went on to become the youth presidents in the state of Wisconsin. They served um the students here for six years in that role. And they did an incredible job. They have a beautiful daughter, Ellie. She is she 13? 12? Almost, yeah. In okay. April. She'll be 13. Oh my word. That is so <gasps> crazy. She's so cute. I thought winter youth, she's getting so big. Yeah, um, They recently transitioned out of the role of student pastors and youth presidents. And they're currently pastoring a wonderful church in new Berlin living word church. Um, Angie is a nurse by profession and she is an absolute sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could go on and on about her. Um, she has a servant's heart. She's kind. She's gentle. But today we're going to kind of focus in on the topic of chronic illness and suffering. She has dealt with Crohn's disease for, is it about seven or eight years now?
1: So, yeah, diagnosed in 2012. So I can't believe it's been um, 10. Yeah. Ten. Okay. Ten wow. i many times. No. Yeah.
0: But That's... there is a quote from Elizabeth Elliot that she really embodies. And Elizabeth Elliot said, the ones who have been the most influential in my life are people who have learned 1 Thessalonians 5.18. They have learned to give thanks. And I would say without exception, when I look back over the great icons of my life, they are people who have suffered. And the more they've suffered, the more they seem to radiate and give thanks to God. And that is Angie Mm -hmm. Um, in the middle of chronic illness. Every time I see her, she's smiling. She's positive. She's encouraging. She's serving. She's lifting others up. And truly, the more that she's suffered, I really feel that she's just shined more brightly with the love of Jesus. And so I am excited for you guys to hear the things she has to say today and everything she's going to share. Um, Angie, I've heard you speak on the topic of suffering and chronic illness several times. And what you've shared is just very profound and remarkable and it's impacted me. And so again, thanks for being here today. I'm Mm -hmm. super excited. Um, Before we begin with a lot of other questions, can you just share a little bit of your health journey and your story, introduce yourself to the unedited listeners?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, first of all, I just want to thank you, Meg, for inviting me on to chat here today. It's really, truly an honor to be here. And if I could just say, Meg, you have made such a huge impact on my life personally in the years of my pain and suffering you have continued to be a light in the midst of some of my darkest moments um you've been that extension of jesus hands and feet to me um whether it came in the form of a simple text message or the cards of encouragement that would always come to me at the right time i just call those meg mail i got meg mail today (laughs) you're gonna make me
0: cry (laughs)
1: and you know to the occasional you know coffee treat or the moments where you prayed prayers of healing over me you've been a part of this journey that has allowed me to see jesus in the middle of my pain and feel joy in the middle of my sorrow so thank you for being you <laughs> never stop being you. And I've always said I can never imagine walking this road without God and without the family of God. Um, It's birthed a new, you know, that burden in me to find those that are suffering without Jesus and introduce them to a God who loves them beyond their imagination and a family of God who cares more than I could imagine. So all that to say, I'm just really grateful for this podcast that you've started and that you've asked me to be here today to talk about this topic. It's it's an honor and a privilege to talk life in Jesus with you. And hopefully I'm able to share something today that can help somebody who's going through pain and suffering. And I am truly grateful. I am thankful that God had me go through this journey so that he can use this story for his good. So um, a little bit of my story, um, it all started um, back in 2012. I was Diagnosed with uh, moderate to severe Crohn's disease, and according to the doctors, Crohn's is a type of incurable autoimmune inflammatory bowel disease that causes inflammation throughout your entire digestive tract. So, from your mouth to bottom, it can affect every single area of your body. Actually, um, I personally experienced severe stomach cramping—the kind that take your breath away and leave you curled up on on the floor and frequent, severe, painful bathroom trips, constant fever, chills, nausea, vomiting, Mm. um, extreme fatigue, dizziness, lack of appetite, um, weight loss, dehydration. It caused mouth sores. I mean, it kind of just, the list goes on. It affects every area of your body. And um, towards the time when it got a little bit more severe, um, I had developed some complex, what they call fistulas and abscesses, which are infections that would put me with really high fevers and at risk for sepsis. So, um, kind of fast forward through those 10 years, which is hard to believe. It really has gone fast. The days were long, but these years went by fast. But I had some really good months and then I had some really terrible months. And there were so many ups and downs and hills and valleys, and it could fluctuate from day to day and month to month. Um, Throughout that time, I had tried many different diets, um, specific foods. We had a sauna at one point, (laughs) tried different therapies, medications, IV treatments, and supplements. Um, But unfortunately, even with a combination of a lot of those things, my body just wasn't responding to them and my health continued to spiral downwards. So um, I had to have multiple CT scans, many MRIs, colonoscopies, biopsies, and some other smaller procedures at first um, all to try to figure out what would help and what the answers would be, but um, nothing was helping. And, you know, we prayed and prayed and prayed and David and some of my close family and friends would go on extended fasts for me. Um, But um, I did end up meeting what the doctors called the last resort, which was when I had to have my um, major surgery back in 2020 the start of a great year. (laughs) Um, but that was, um, when I had to have my entire large intestine removed. So, um, as a result of that, now I do have some ongoing dehydration and fatigue and weakness. Um, it's kind of, it has altered what I can and can't eat and how my body absorbs nutrients. And after that surgery, I had developed wounds that weren't healing and was diagnosed with another autoimmune disease called pyoderma gangrenosum. Um, But since then all those fancy words and crazy symptoms um, within this past year, I would say really, I've had so much improvement. Um, I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness that we've made it this far and I still have ups and downs and small flare-ups, but it's nothing like it was. And I'm able to function in life again and serve more in ministry, be a wife and a mom again. And I believe it's a miracle in and of itself that I'm able to stand here thankful that I get to see God use this journey now for the good. And I get to see him receive the glory through, through it. So here I am. And that's, that's my story.
0: Well, Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting here crying, just so, so touched by, Mm -hmm. I mean, physical pain and I'm sure mental and emotional pain that comes along with, with physical suffering that, you know, I cannot imagine and just, I don't know. I wish everyone could know you and see how you are in life. And obviously we only get to see each other, you know, occasionally now I'm not in your day-to-day life with you, but just again, the love of Jesus that you radiate in spite of everything that you just shared. And, um, I, I thank you so much for all of that. Like, again, just so, so convicting to me, you know, that, there are people suffering in so many ways. And sometimes we just get our eyes so focused on ourselves. And it's such a good reminder to hear what other people have gone through or are going through. What would you say would be your top advice to somebody who is currently suffering? Maybe they're dealing with physical illness and chronic pain, you know, like you have, or maybe there's some other form of suffering in their life. Maybe they've been through a loss. Um, Maybe they've you know, been through a divorce. There's a lot of ways that suffering comes into our lives. What would, what would your top advice be to someone in a difficult season?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's so, there's so many things I could say here. And I know a lot of that will be discussed today too, but I think first of all, I, I think what I would, I'd love to say before I give that advice is just that, to the person listening who's currently in the middle of suffering, you are already taking 10 steps ahead because you're here. You're making a decision to better yourself and your perspective despite your situation by filling your mind with the things of God and listening to this podcast. Um, You're here. And so I'm so glad Someone who is suffering is here listening, and I hope they feel encouraged today despite what they're experiencing in life right now and the pain that they're going through. Um, They're choosing to fill their minds with the goodness of God and here today. So, you know, when you're in pain and you're dealing with questions in your mind and you're feeling alone in this journey, it's extremely easy to get frustrated with God. And it kind of forces us to be faced with. Two choices. We we can either become calloused and bitter and turned off to even wanting to hear anything about God or from God because He hasn't taken care of my situation yet. He hasn't healed me. He must not care about me. Or, you know, we can choose this other choice, this other mindset that says God does care, but there must be something greater at work because. I don't see my healing yet, but I know he's work. He's working through this situation. I'm going to trust him in this journey anyway. I'm not healed yet, but I'm going to choose to position myself to be ready for healing because even when I don't feel it, I know he's working. Even when I don't see it, I I know he's working and I'm going to take this time to do everything that I can to get closer to God in the midst of my pain. So when we make that choice, not to say that he doesn't care, but to say that I know he does care. I think our our decision then is to to decide how are we going to believe that. And that is to take the time to deepen our faith in the little things that we do throughout the day in our life on our in the daily grind. And you know, how do we do that? It's gonna sound overly simple, but we don't really have to overcomplicate it, right? It's things like asking God some hard questions. You know, he wants us to come to him because he loves us more than anything else in the world. And he wants to be close to us. So praying those heart-wrenching, ugly prayers, wrestling with God in prayer, and just asking him to be close to you, spill your heart, your fears, your worries, your frustrations, because soon you're going to start to see those prayers, those ugly prayers shift from why, why me? And grow to asking what, like, what can I learn in this Lord? Mm. So instead of asking God, why is this happening? Begin to ask him what he's doing through this, ask him what he's teaching me in all of this and how he's taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it around for good and asking him how he can use us through this and speak to us throughout it all. Um, And, you know, making time to dig in his word for every single scripture that talks about healing, writing those down and praying them over yourself every single day, meditating on them, just say them out loud. It needs to come off your lips and for you to hear it and to believe it and let it sink in and build your faith and put them, you know, everywhere around your home, memorize them allow yourself to just be encouraged by those scriptures. Like how Job encouraged himself in the Lord cling to those truths in his word. You know, every time the enemy whispers lies of doubt or fear into my mind, I can know that I'm already armed with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And yeah. um, I realize that, you know, the things that we allow in our eyes and ears can greatly affect our faith. And, in the midst of pain, we have this opportunity to build it. So instead of Googling everything and getting distracted by all the things that could go wrong with this situation or this illness, um, rather search, like type it in, call a friend, talk to somebody who, you know, that's overseas, maybe that they see the miracles that are happening today around the world and let your faith build from those miracles, you know, soak in, every ounce of Jesus that we possibly can And we can see that when our distractions from the world decrease, when we block out those distractions of doubt and fear, our devotion to God can increase. And instead of living in anxiety about my future, I can walk in faith because I know who holds my future. And I can remember that I'm not alone in this because he said, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's as close as the mention of his name and all of that to say, I think my top advice is truly as simple as it sounds. And that's what your podcast is all about. It's taking this time of pain and suffering and filling it by doing everything you possibly can to get closer to Jesus through Bible reading and prayer and building your faith by standing on his word and his promises. So um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, that's what, what it comes down to and what we can build from.
0: That is all Um, just so good. I was writing um, as you were talking and I love how you talked about, you need to hear those words coming out of your mouth. You need to hear scriptures coming out of your mouth to build your faith. And you said, soak in every ounce of Jesus that we possibly can. And, And at the end of the day, it is, and I probably say it every other episode, if not every episode, but it really is the dark times of life where we get to know his heart. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief and Jesus knows dark times. Jesus knows what it feels like. He was personally acquainted with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Known every
0: form of suffering that is known to humanity. And we identify with him more in those difficult times. And that's just such good advice. Um, Again, I could read everything I wrote down, but thank you for that. That is, that is so good just to use those seasons to get to know him, to press into his presence, um, to draw close to him. Can you talk about something I heard you share, which is one moment, one pain at one time. I think I have that right.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love this one. Um, it's such a practical tip or a practical way to handle these moments of pain that feel overwhelming and overbearing and it's come in handy hundreds probably if not thousands of times in the past 10 years um you know our brain is a funny thing it's like we're constantly when we're constantly dealing with symptoms that are out of control and feel unbearable at times when we're thrown into situations that land us somewhere in the sea of grief um when we're faced with situations that we just don't know how to deal with our flesh likes to look too far ahead Mm -hmm. and feel overwhelmed with fear um, because we don't know how this is going to end. We don't, we want life to be easy. We want to laugh. We want to have joy, but let's be real choosing joy in the middle of 103 plus fevers and curl up on a ball, you know, and a ball on the floor. (laughs) That's not easy to do. Um, But the most amazing part about this is that like God has designed in us ways that we can reprogram the way that we think, um, we can literally do some brain work to shift the pathways, the habits, the the um, the way that our brain is set to function and mm-hmm. to set us up for success so that when we're caught in the middle of the storm of our life and the uncertainty of our future, through some of the small consistent changes that we make in our thoughts, we can get to a place where we naturally respond in faith and in joy. And I, I know this sounds crazy, but like, you know hear me out <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's like so it's not a choice you know that we just make once and we're always smiling in the middle of chaos it's it's going to be a repeated decision that we have to make again and again until it becomes natural until it becomes a habit and if i may add it's just Kind of interesting that chronic illness allows us to build those habits a lot more quickly because we're given a whole lot of chances <laughs> to, to work on that character trait of just choosing that perspective. So I guess silver lining, I suppose. But like we know in Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, but how do we do that? You know, I'm a girl that likes practical, like, tell me how, right? <laughs> we have to break free from that pattern of negative talk and Stop that cycle of disbelief and worry. Um, So, in the moments that we feel overwhelmed, when we think, you know, what if I have to live with this for the rest of my life? Like, how am I supposed to cope with this 20 years from now? Like, what is it going to look like? How am I supposed to accomplish XYZ? Like, you fill in the blank and you might start to make up stories about what your future could look like, and your mind just starts spinning and you feel like you're going crazy, but it's in those in those moments that we have to stop and realize that worry is going into the future without God, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: When we walk into the future mentally without God, that's what worry is. And he says, live in this moment. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. We don't know what the next five minutes are going to be like. And that's, it's not our job to be consumed by that. We have to remind ourselves to try not to figure it all out right now and not look too far ahead. We really don't know what the next month or the next year is going to look like, especially with chronic illness, but in any moment of suffering that you're in. But all God is asking us to deal with is right now, one moment, one pain at one time. Mm. And all he's asking me to go through and to experience and to deal with is right now, this exact moment, this pain that I'm going through right now. So can I get through this pain for two more seconds? Yes. Okay. Okay. Can you get it through, you know, get through it with two more seconds? Yes. It may feel excruciating at times, but in those seconds that you're waiting and you're feeling that it's unbearable, you begin to speak life over yourself in those scriptures. Like I just talked about, like God has not given me the spirit of fear but he's given me a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. And God, I know you're with me in every second of this pain. Like it says in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 through 17, it says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that will vastly outwe- that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Um, And then it says in James 1, 2 through 4 is one of my favorites. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. (laughs) So take it hour by hour. Build that endurance. Minute by minute. And then sometimes it's even just moment by moment Mm. when we don't give up, even though we're feeling pain, our spirits, our attitude, our perspectives can be renewed because we can remember what God is doing in it. And he's building that endurance in us. Um, And I think we can choose joy in that fact that we're allowing him to grow that in us. He's, he's changing us throughout this process. We can, we can walk this long road and endure it because we realize that we have all we need in God. He's taking care of us. He's taking care of our future. He's holding it in His hands. So we have to speak those truths over ourselves again and again, moment by moment, building that new pattern of belief in our minds, not looking too far ahead. But with this work of constantly studying His Word and turning to Him in prayer, it's going to become a natural instinct to realize that in the midst of my fever, in the midst of my grief in the midst of my trial god is right here right now and i can feel his peace around me that passes all understanding so it's just one moment one pain at one time and i hope that makes sense
0: that is mm-hmm. so good it makes perfect sense and i love how you said he he says live in this moment it's not our job to know what's ahead and you know just talking about rewiring your brain about re um being transformed by the renewing of your mind how it says in Romans 12 and and neuroplasticity is fascinating that we can literally retrain our thought patterns it takes work it takes discipline it takes intentionality but we can do it and I think that that breaking it down on that little tiny molecular level like you just did like sometimes you're just trying to get through the second and the next second, and the next, yeah. that is that's incredibly powerful. Um, yeah, really so that life. makes sense. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. what are a few of the keys that you've learned to keep a sweet spirit and a right attitude during seasons of pain and suffering? You know, sometimes I think we can muscle it out, grit our way through it, but we just come out hard as a stone on the other side, you know, and obviously we always have at the, the option with any suffering in life, any situation, any trial to come out softer and more tender or hardened. But just what are keys that you've discovered to keeping a right spirit, not allowing the enemy to pollute your oh, spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: you're too kind because I know, truth be told, <laughs> I didn't, I don't always have the right attitude, <laughs> but I'm thankful for a loving God that has such mercy and grace to allow us to grow spiritually mentally and emotionally throughout all of this. And, um, you know, I don't know if I have a great answer for this one, but I'm, I'm thinking through it. And one of the things I think that this season of suffering has taught me is that in some way, everyone is suffering, whether it's chronic illness, like you mentioned earlier, or a situation that's causing pain, maybe strain in a a marriage or a relationship and, maybe financial struggle struggles after losing a job or family member that has turned their back on God or all, you know, we all go through suffering in some measure and that makes us fragile beings. And mm-hmm. it's in these fragile seasons that it helps to remember that we need each other and that we need to be kind to one another. Um, one of the lessons that I've learned is that we can't compare our suffering as, you know, greater than or less than someone else. Um, Nobody wins when we say, you know, oh, well, mine isn't as bad as that person, or mm-hmm. oh, I have it worse off than them, so they should feel sorry for me. You know, no, it's they're in pain and you're in pain, and we all have different pain thr- thresholds, and it's the reality of life of real life and yes sometimes we begin to share our burdens with someone and it can be easy to start comparing ourselves to what they're going through and sometimes we it's it's good to relate with one another it's nice to know you know even my story to say okay that's where she's coming from that's where God has brought her through what God has brought her through and we want to you know understand each other better but it's not to a point of comparing it's a it's it, it we need to be able to bear one another's burdens in all of this because when you're broken at the end of the day, we need healing and hope, not comparison. And, um, you know, it's a sobering thought, but you know, it says each heart knows its own bitterness and no one can fully share its joy. Mm. It's com- it's comforting and frustrating at the same time, but, um, that no one knows, you know, the sadness or joy that we feel, but mm. you no know, human knows I should say, but we can see that, God is the one who truly understands the depth of our suffering. You know, the God of all things, the King of the universe who suffered physically on a cross without comparing, we can know that we are fully understood by someone who completely understood suffering on another level. So, you know, instead of comparing ourselves to one another or, um, you know, trying to measure up to one another when I know that I'm suffering and I realize how much it hurts, I can truly empathize Mm -hmm. with others and what they're going through too. And it makes me feel, you know, compassion for my neighbor and my friend um, and my sister. And I know that when I need a big smile and a hug (laughs) that I want to be that same person to somebody else who needs it too. And um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if that quite answers the question at this point, but I know the, there's more areas that we're going to chat in that I think will also continue to answer this question in having the right attitude in this season. So um, it's just another point to remember throughout all of this that we might not understand,
0: but God does, you know, so kind of just to boil that down. And again, I, I think, like you said, we will keep answering that question as we go, but you're just saying recognizing that others are suffering don't compare your suffering to somebody else's suffering use your own suffering to learn to empathize with others to be the sort of support that you've needed and to other people and and trust that god is at work in it i mean if we could kind of just boil yeah yeah everything that you just said definitely um what are the greatest things that God has taught you through your pain? And that that might be a really broad question and maybe even difficult to answer, but.
1: Yeah. No. yeah. Um, so you're right. It's so many things that I could pick to talk about, to answer this question, but. I think I can narrow it down to one that is pretty great in my life and I think each person will figure out what lesson is great in their moment of suffering and for me that was um how God taught me how to walk in uncomfortable peace. Mm. Um you know Paul talks about the you know the thorn in his flesh second corinthians it it says chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. So to keep me from becoming proud, Mm. (laughs) I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I pleasure in my weaknesses, And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I know that like many people believe that Paul was dealing with a certain sickness or pain, it's said. And so he asked multiple times for God to take it away. And even in this scripture, we can see in this moment that Paul chooses to change his perspective. Mm. In his hardship, he looked at it like it's a privilege, that Mm -hmm. God could work through him even more despite his weakness, you know? So we have to come to sort of this uncomfortable peace, like, you know, like this in the meantime, like, even if you don't take it away, Lord, I'm going to praise you because Mm. I'm going to know that what you're doing is for your purpose. You know, even when I don't see it, I know you're working. I know I've said that before, but it's that continual perspective of shifting and knowing that God has my best interest in mind. Um, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to rest and I'm going to know that I'm truly loved and fully understood and fully known. I'm not going to fall into despair because I know who made me and I know what I'm made for. And most importantly, I know he's with me. He is Elroy, the God who sees. Mm. It's like, you know, picturing the Lord just sitting next to you in that one moment, one pain at one time, he's right there. Um, whatever you need in that moment to get through it, he's there. You're not alone. He's. I know I've said it already, but I continually say it in my mind, even as I go throughout my week and my day, and he's as close as close as the mention of his name. So if all I can get out is Jesus, I know he's
0: right there.
1: You know, yes. You're not forgotten. And we, you know, just like Horatio Spafford penned that beautiful song, we can get to that place of perfect peace that passes all understanding and truly believe. When I say, It is well with my soul, you know, despite what I'm going through, it is well with my soul. I'm in walking in that uncomfortable peace, even though it's not easy. I can rest at peace knowing that God is here. Um, I love the scripture that's in Isaiah. 43 Verse 2, it says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So I just think that's a that's one of the lessons that I find beauty in and I try to cling to so that I'm I'm remembering to shut out the anxiety, to shut out the fear. Shut out the worry and remember to walk in that uncomfortable peace. That He's standing right here. He's right with me every step of the way. So,
0: yes, and that reminds me just of the the three Hebrew children. Like we know, yes. our God is well able. Like you're saying, God, I know you are able to heal. But if God. not, I'm still gonna praise you. I'm still gonna worship. Um, yes. I once heard you say that the magnificence of Job's worship. Is because it was in grief, not because it replaced grief. Let me read that again. The magnificence of Job's worship was because it was in grief and not because it replaced grief. He still worshiped while grieving. Can you just talk about worship from a place of pain? I just kind of want to tag off that last question because I know you had sort of mentioned.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, What a sobering thought, (laughs) but it's so beautiful. Um, we all know Job's story how, and how he took off his robe, shaved his head and fell to the Lord, fell to the ground in worship, mm-hmm. um, despite having his own wife, telling him to curse God and die. And so many other people coming to tell him what more he lost and mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. should have just given up and blamed God for it all. But instead he says, you know, I came naked from my mother's womb and naked you know, I'll be naked when I leave, but the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, And like you said, the magnificence of God's worship, the most amazing part of his worship was because he was in the middle of his suffering, not because it replaced it. It didn't take it away. He was still worshiping while he was grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So Job's example teaches us that we don't have to and shouldn't wait To worship the Lord until we're done grieving. Job didn't wait for the trial to be over. Right, Um, it's crazy to think that a man, you know, despite losing everything, losing his family, his possessions burned up, and he's sitting there scraping his painful wounds with broken pieces of a pot. You know, Mm. and what does he decide to do? (laughs) He already has his mindset made up. His perspective is in check, and. He realizes that God is worthy of every last bit of energy that he has left mentally, physically, and emotionally. He chooses to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and proves Satan wrong Mm. (laughs) and gave God the glory in the middle of this trial. Um, I love this phrase that I heard recently. We can't let our worry be louder than our worship yes yeah we don't know when we don't know what to do you know i'm sure job was sitting there like what what do i even do from here <laughs> you know mm. um he began to worship and that's what we need to do when we don't know what's going on we don't know what to do begin to worship because our god isn't dependent upon how we're feeling you know our feelings and our yes. situation does not change who god is and who he is you know our our god is who he who he is regardless of how we feel and what we're going through he deserves our worship no matter what um even though you know our, it doesn't change our circumstances it changes our our feelings and our perspective and our atmosphere i always love that story of paul and silas in the prison yeah. um you know they're they're in the midst of it too in the midst of the trial and locked up in prison and what do they decide to do they worship and praise god and you know Acts 16 says at around midnight so what in the middle of the night (laughs) they can't sleep they're you know it's it's an uncomfortable situation paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and you know the other Prisoners hearing them do this, you know, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I just love how it didn't change, you know, initially it didn't change their situation. They're sitting there in the middle of prison, but what do they do? They decide to worship God and it changes their situation, it changes, their atmosphere, which then broke the chains. And it, it, there's just so mm. much that can be unpacked there, but this is how we fight our battles. I'm going to get up and praise the Lord in the midst of my grief, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of my pain, I'll still bless you, Jesus, because he's so good. He's so faithful. He's so deserving. And so just like Job said, you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I love how there's another, another song that says you're worthy of it all you know for from you are all things yeah for from you are all things and to you are all things it's all about him you deserve the glory no matter what I'm going through so yeah Yeah. I just love that we can worship him in
0: grief yes what a testimony you deserve the worship no matter what Mm. I'm going through and Mm. um You know, I want to ask you if you can just talk, you know, coming off that question a little bit about a theology of suffering. I think I mentioned it at the opening, but I do feel a lot of times that we come to Jesus, we start off our walk with God and we think this is going to make my life better, you know, love, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost, right? And it's just going to be perfect from here on out. And a lot of times we don't realize we're stepping onto a battlefield, we are now going to be fighting our flesh. We're going to be fighting the enemy. It rains on the just and the unjust. We're still going to have the natural trials of life. And we can become very disillusioned with God if we don't have a strong theology as it relates to suffering. Um, and if we don't understand that suffering has eternal ramifications. So can you just talk about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I love how you put that, like seeing suffering from an eternal perspective and understanding what all that means. I don't know. Mm. Um, so first of all, you know, when sin entered the world, pain and suffering were introduced as a consequence of sin, right? So we're all going to go through suffering at some point in our life. And it's crucial that we see it through a biblical lens. Like you're saying, it's mm-hmm. just because you get to know him doesn't mean you're not going to suffer at some point. Um, and learning how, you know, maybe why he allows suffering and how we can look at it and respond to it is, is going to be important at that point. And I like, I always um, refer back to the story um, in John chapter nine, verse one through three, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And I just love that because it reminds me that I may not fully understand what he's doing or why it's happening in my life, but I can rejoice because he's going to make something beautiful out of it. And I know that he will get the glory for it. Like Paul says in Romans 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed in us. So um, right away, that brings me to second Corinthians where Paul says in chapter four, for this light momentary affliction, even though it doesn't feel momentary sometimes, <laughs> it's, it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, Mm -hmm. but the things that are unseen are eternal. So sometimes we don't know what's going on. We don't know the reasons, but it is for a greater purpose. It is for a God is working and doing something through this. So Uh, I feel like what that is telling me is I need to shift my perspective a little bit and realize that, yes, I'm in pain and yes, I'm suffering, but that's not the end of the story. You know, he's, he's working it all out for my good. And even though it might not be for my good (laughs) in the moment, it's, it is for the good somewhere, somehow for, you know, eternally, just keeping that in, in our perspective for his glory. Um, I know we Brief, I briefly mentioned how God is the only one who truly understands the depth of our suffering. Um, and, you know, how Jesus suffered on the cross, bore the pain, the stripes on his back, the weight of our sin. So he more than anyone else knows pain. And I just love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13. It says, instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. I love that. Just like partners, we're partnering up with Christ for an eternal purpose, you know. Um, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all of the world, you'll have the wonderful joy. I just love that wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed. We might not know the timing of that, Hmm. but we'll see it. We'll see it someday. We'll see what it was all for in the end. It's not my timing. It's an eternal perspective. Um, I also love that Philippians chapter three, verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. We'll get to know him better when we go through this suffering, you know, knowing that ultimately in the end, the long game here, eternal perspective is that we don't have to figure it all out you know, when, when we realize who God is, that he is sovereign, he's loving, he's merciful, faithful, good. We can believe that he really does have an expected end for us. You know, one that is of peace and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. Um, and as long as the night is, as long as it feels as hard as it is, we can see that this world and this pain is temporary and that we can have an eternal perspective, knowing that God has a greater purpose in this. And, Um, It might not be something we see right now, but we can understand that his ways are higher than my ways. So I'm going to trust him. And it makes me excited for heaven. You know, what a day that will be when my Jesus, I shall see. (laughs) Mm. So, um, you know, I'm not uh, hoping that answers that question a little bit with um, having that eternal perspective in mind. Um, But yeah, just keeping those things at the forefront of our mind
0: yeah that's that's incredible that's incredible it it has to be viewed in the light of eternity and you know like the verse you quoted it's going to seem momentary and it's just going to be fleeting when we look back on it what's so heavy and so dark and so long now is going to be almost forgotten in the light of eternity and something we can't necessarily comprehend right now um but I love yeah. how that translation you read of the verse in Peter says, you'll see his glory revealed in the end. And Christ is not going to allow suffering in this life, in the lives of his people, that he is not going to get glory out of in the end. It is going to work together for good, like you said. And just what a yeah. consolation and, and just, and I think sometimes taking the perspective of just how small we are. Like, we're this little speck of dust on a speck of dust. And I'm sorry to go off on a little bunny show here, but I sometimes think of no. who, here's a who. You know, like, yeah. there's this little clover and there's a little tiny <laughs> city so on there with even tinier people. Like, we're tinier than that. When it boils all down, we're just so tiny in this great cosmic eternal story. And if we can just step back and realize that, like you said, we are for His glory and somehow the things we are going through that he's allowing us in his love to go through are going to be again for good and glory. Um what a comfort, what a consolation. Um yeah. how has suffering in your life produced a greater friendship with Jesus?
1: Yeah, I love that. You know you have the best questions. This is it's <laughs> one of my that's one of my favorites. Like he is my friend. He is our friend, you know, oh, um, it's, it's so helpful. And I know I might've touched on this already, but to envision Jesus, you know, I said like sitting right next to you, but he's also walking with us throughout our day, you know, like I've, I know I've said this a million times already, but he's as close as the mention of his name. Like we can't forget that. Like we just got to talk to him like a friend and, um, it has this. This journey has helped me to see him that way. Um, mm. I I just love moments that I have seen him most. Sometimes we're in the very small things in my life, like the daily in and out of my life. I I had to choose to see it. Um, so before I can actually kind of get to that, I had I have to say we have to be aware and cherish those places where we see God's fingerprints, where we see showing up. Like, you know, when somebody when somebody's a friend to you, you notice the area they're present in your life. And you can you can realize that your relationship is growing because you appreciate them and you you see the things doing in your life and you're grateful. And, you know, just like I consider you a friend, Meg, you have been there for me. You've been a friend, you've been an ear, you've been a someone who I could pray with, who I knew in, with sincerity, you were listening. You had, you know, you were just authentically caring about me and that's how God is to us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I had heard this concept of God's fingerprints early on in my health journey, it instantly revolutionized my perspective. It helped me to learn that during this valley and the moments that I had Choice, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's either to be angry and bitter, or that I was going to believe that God is doing something good, that He's still there and He's still working, um, and that He still loves me. So I thought, well, okay, if that's true, and I'm going to choose to believe that fact, that truth, you know, then I'm going to have to choose to find the ways that He's working you know, look Mm -hmm. for the ways that he's revealing himself to me. And those are God's fingerprints. Like I do this still today and it continues to change my perspective on, you know, and what he's doing in my life. It allows me to see him. Um, just like, for instance, you know, I know this sounds so small and crazy, but when I was in the middle of my, the darkest parts where I couldn't leave my bed, you know, I'm in the middle of severe pain, not knowing if I even wanted to make it another day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sorry. I don't, you don't want to get too dark, but just to be real, like this is real life, you know, real, um, you know, the suffering can really take a toll on your emotions and your mental capacity. And, um, I remember just asking God, you know, I'm in the middle of my, my tiny bedroom and, um, I have two windows and one's behind me and one's off to my right-hand side. And I get emotional because I just feel like you said, we're this tiny little speck and yet somehow God sees little old me (laughs) in my little blue painted bedroom that has a window with a tree outside that I would sit and stare as those branches would wave. And, you know, first of all, there's so many lessons. It's kind of funny when you're sitting in a place that you don't have much else to think about. You start to think about the things in God's word and um, seeing the waves the, the wind blow the trees, you know, um, seeing those tree branches wave reminded me that his his creation is worshiping him, you know, and, and I can sit here in my pain and I can worship him in my little bedroom. And as I just thought through those things and watched the seasons change with the tree, that tree, seeing the you know, the tree leaves that change color and then they would fall and and understanding the seasons of life and Goodness, that's a whole nother lesson for a whole nother, a whole nother episode. But no, um, it's just neat to see how in my worship, I started to grow closer to God and realize that he's right here. And so I would ask just for like little things. I would say things like, God, and this sounds so silly, but I was like, God, I just want to see a bluebird today because <laughs> oh. I just have this, you know, like this is all I got right in here. Like, I just, I need to. I don't know. Can you do that for me? Like, and goodness, I'm a mess, (laughs) but just fine. It wasn't. And two hours later that a little (laughs) bluebird flew onto one of those branches that was losing its leaves and sat there and fluttered around. And it just made me realize how much of a friend he is to me that he hears the smallest of prayers that he he receives the worship in the middle of my pain and suffering. He hears my prayers, no matter how, how little they seem and insignificant, you know, he knows every hair on our head, he has them numbered and, um, he sees every sparrow that falls. Like, I just, I, I love the love of God, you know, when we yes. understand the love that God has for us and we can truly develop that relationship and that friendship with God. I, I love that moment that, that happened. Um, I journaled it, you know, I wrote it down because I'm like, I can't forget this. Like as silly as it sounds, it was real to me, you know, it was God making himself real to me. So these moments when you're finding these little miracles, I just call them little miracles, right? Like million little miracles. I love that song too. But like there's, it's a perfect journaling opportunity to jot down every single day, the things that you see that only he can do. Yes. You know, like nobody else. I, I believe truly that that was God because I prayed for it, you know? And when we can begin to tune our heart to a different channel Yes, and cherish those things that come up, um, write it down. It's, it's amazing. You can go back and look at these things just like you do with your journal, like Mm -hmm. your journals, your, I just love them. It, It brings hope on those really difficult days um, when you go back and see the way that God is working in your life, no matter how small. Um, I love hearing your journal entries too, Meg. It encourages me to keep journaling. So seeing God in even the smallest ways allows us to see him more as a friend. Like he's walking with us throughout every step in the valley. And it's such a beautiful thing. So sorry for my mess.
0: (laughs) No, you're fine. I'm sitting over here (laughs) crying too. Um, what an incredible story and I don't think it's silly I don't think it's small you know God does like you said um find the little miracles and I have I have a million little stories like that sure a million things you could share too. And I may have said yeah. on the podcast at some point um but just kind of a similar story to your bluebird story one day I was just weeping driving down the road it was in the middle of a really dark season and um I said to the Lord, I said, Jesus, I just need a smile. And I kid you not, the next car driving toward me had a smiley balloon in the passenger's seat Aww. in the front window. <laughs> and I literally was like, you are joking me.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Just, oh, my a,
0: one of those moments for me, like, okay, you hear yeah. me, you know, right where I am. I'm you know, battling yeah. my heart and my mind, but you are here. And he is just so good like that. And even if he's yeah. not, again, answering our prayers the way we feel they should be answered or relieving the pain, you know, we're still dealing with the quote unquote thorn. He's just so close and so dear and so precious and so good. And it is, it's is—it's something you could not ever, almost never describe, you couldn't describe it to somebody. It's, it's so true. personal and it's so yes. Um, individual to you, but yeah. I just, lo- I love everything that you shared with that. Um, obviously this podcast is a podcast about establishing the habit of Bible reading and prayer. And that is my great passion is just to really, I hope to inspire others to get out their Bible, their journals. I love what you said, you know, jot down those little things that he does for you. Cause it does become fuel in your future. When you look back and see the goodness of God and remember it. Um, But can you just talk a little bit about how Bible reading and prayer have been a part of really of your life and of this health journey and this season of suffering?
1: Yes, definitely. I know we're coming full circle. I know how I started the the first advice at the beginning, but um, it is so necessary and critical. That has been a huge part in my journey in this health journey is that Bible reading and prayer. It's if, if I want to live an abundant life, if I want to make it through this season, um, it is absolutely the most important habit to build. That's why I love this podcast because it like, no matter how deep I feel like my relationship is, it could always get deeper. Like there's just, oh, there's never an end to this, you know, and mm-hmm. if we can keep that teachable spirit and understand that I need to keep reading my Bible, I need to keep praying. I need to build this habit. It it's going to be a huge part in the journey of suffering and pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know if if it's kind of easy to see how the points that I kind of went through today kind of commingle with one another. You know, there's a lot of overlap, you know, if you, if you have an eternal perspective, it allows you to worship in that grief because Mm -hmm. you're confident knowing that God has everything and who he is. So you're going to worship. Um, If you take one moment, one pain at one time, you'll be able to walk in that uncomfortable peace.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, When we notice that God is showing up in our lives, looking for those little miracles, and we're going to feel his love and joy, and we're going to be able to pour that out in a sweet spirit, so to speak, (laughs) with compassion. Um, But at the end of the day, all of that, like all of those points that we talked about, it all starts with the relationship the relationship aspect with with god you know we have to we make it so much harder sometimes so much more complicated mm-hmm. on ourselves than it really has to be um we want these characteristics um and to be able to figure out how to deal with pain and suffering on our own sometimes but when we have that habit of bible reading and prayer at the foundation of it all these characteristics mm-hmm. will be so much easier to attain and they'll be able to happen more naturally it's it's in those quiet moments of prayer where God can speak to us if we allow him to, um, you know, this past year, um, I love, I think I mentioned this to you at one point, um, earlier this past year, um, I was having my time with Jesus and after praying and reading my Bible and reflecting on the miracles that he performed and the ways that he spoke to people in the Bible, I had a fleshly moment and, you know, lies started popping into my head, feelings of being forgotten about, like, is my healing, is it not coming? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I started having one of those real moments with God, you know, those real prayers um, that, you know, God, do you see me here? Do you hear my prayers? Um, You performed all these miracles in your word, in your word. And I see that and I believe them. I have faith, but I'm just not seeing it here yet, you know, and just wrestling with God, just talking it out. And um, I was reminded if I hadn't been reading my word, that at that season of time in my life, I wouldn't have, I probably would have missed this opportunity in this lesson here, which um, it was during Hagar's Hagar's story in in Genesis 16 that talks about how she too was dealing with being scared and lonely and uncertain about her future. So she ran away from Sarah, all, all the feelings of being unseen and the angel delivers a promise to her. And so she clings to that promise. And in Genesis 16, 13, she says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing for she said, truly here, I have seen him who looks after me.
0: Mm. And again,
1: I know it's kind of like this theme that's been kind of f- threaded throughout what we've been talking today, but, um, he is El Roy. He is the God who sees Yeah, Jesus, Jesus knows he he's here, you know, and there's this quote by Charles Spurgeon that says, and it, it kind of reminds me of what we just talked about. You are looked at by God as much as if throughout space there were not another creature but yourself. Like he's looking at us like nothing else matters but you, right here, right now. You know, he is God who sees me, the little speck on the little
0: <laughs> on the little clover. <laughs> I'm the little
1: clover. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so thankful that, you know, in my time of Bible reading and prayer, that he can speak to me through his word. He can tell me that I see you. You know, um, still, it still shows me again and again that he's there. And had I not set aside this time to pray and to read his word, I might not have wrestled with him in prayer. I might not have talked to him and I might, I would have missed this beautiful truth that he still does heal today. Mm-hmm. But even though I haven't received my healing yet, I can know that he hasn't forgotten me. He sees, mm-hmm. you know, he knows he's not going to leave us or forsake us. He never fails us. So all year in my prayer time, I've been thanking God for being Elroy in my life, the God who sees and realizing how important this time of Bible reading prayer has become a big part of my life throughout this journey. So I don't know where I'd be in this suffering if I didn't have a relationship with God. So it is so important. That's for sure.
0: It is. Um, I have just wanted to have you talk a little bit, obviously when you're in a season of extreme illness, extreme, you know, you haven't had times where you're not able to get out of bed. Bible reading and prayer probably looks a little bit different, um, you know, and I think one of my great goals is to help people not see it as a checklist item, not see it like it has to be me kneeling for one hour. And, you know, again, like just very structured and very formalized. Can you just talk to maybe somebody who is just in such a, debilitating pain or such physical suffering, or maybe such mental suffering that they just Bible reading and prayer isn't looking traditional to them. And maybe it's not looking like it did in a previous season. And just, I guess in one sense, giving grace to yourself when it can't look like what it used to look like or what you want it to look like. I don't even know if that's a fully fleshed out question,
1: Yeah, no, it does make complete sense with what you're saying. Sometimes we are just crippled to the core by what's happening and we can lose lose track of where we are. You know, it 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 causes us to wonder where I am in this place. I don't have the energy to get up and kneel in a, you know, at the couch to pray. mm -hmm. I don't feel, I don't feel good. I'm in. I've got a bucket next to my bed. Like I don't have the energy to even intercede, you know, and mm-hmm. beautiful thing about that is that God speaks to people around you and they will be interceding for you. <laughs> you can yeah, believe that for sure. Um, but it is sometimes, um, you know, there, there was an app that I was using at that time when I had a hard time just even holding my head up that would, I could go to a certain chapter. I could, um, go to a certain theme, so to speak. Like if it was, um, peace, um, it would read me scriptures about peace. So -hmm. if I couldn't say it, I was still hearing it, you know, um, putting on worship music, even if I couldn't sing was huge because I was filling my mind with words of worship and then understanding that God knows where I am in this. He knows my heart He knows that I am so weak right now, you know, and if all I can do is squeeze out his name, if I can squeak out his name, he's going to say, I'm here, you know, like it's, it's okay, you know? And, um, I don't think that that diminishes our relationship with God, you know, like he is, as long as we're still building our faith in that time, finding ways, you know, and those are some of the, just the practical things that I did was throwing on a, you know, preaching YouTube video or, um, pulling up a podcast. I did that a lot. Um, that taught me a lot of what I learned and shared today. Like these things that I've learned came through a time where I couldn't say much, but I sat there and I soaked it in, you know, like, and, but, and that from that, you know, in the moments when I couldn't speak, I could feel him better. Sometimes it's funny how God like stops us from speaking sometimes <laughs> that it gets us to a place of silence so that we can meditate on his word. You know, I, I'm getting tired. I can't read a full chapter, but I'm going to focus on this one scripture. I'm going to see what this says. What does this mean? Oh, I'm going to speak that in my mind. You know, like I'm not, and and even the the verses that I would hear from this app, like I would pause it and replay it and pause it and replay it. Like, oh. mm let it wash over me. Let me think about that for a bit, you know, and it's, it's growing in you more than, you know, like you don't discount, you know, that season of silence, of quiet, of weakness that, you know, he's growing in you so much more than you realize. And that relationship still can grow despite how painful it is. You know, um, I, I hope that I'm sure there's more to that, but that's kind of what just comes to my mind as I remember being, in that place and in that those moments of extreme darkness you know where i didn't just i didn't even know what to pray you know you just kind of sat there and that's when you realize he's got mercy and grace for you in this season you don't have to have it all together you don't have to have that one hour or whatever time frame you you know have in your mind that you need to accomplish sometimes it is about the quality of the prayers and being real and raw with god and it will continue to build a a natural, like as we continue just to pray like that, no matter how long it is, you're building that habit without thinking, you know, it's like you're turning to God in the moments of quiet, even though you're not saying much, you're building that habit to turn to him, you know? And Mm. so I just think we can't discount that. And you have to give yourself some grace in those moments of true pain and suffering and sit there knowing that, give yourself some grace. It's going to be it's going to be a long road. He writes long stories. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think we heard that that as yeah. (laughs) I think I heard that at a ladies retreat once just, he writes long stories and this chapter may feel long, but it's, it's not over. Your story is not over, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: That is also good. And I love that you're saying, you know, even when you were too physically sick to read the Bible yourself, you were still choosing to invest the word of God in your life by hearing it wasn't the traditional way, you know, and I think not, I guess kind of what I'm, you know, what I wanted to talk about and you answered it so beautifully is just kind of setting aside your ideals. You know, God knows where you are. God knows I, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is he knows our frame. He remembers that we are, but dust and again, not to give a, make a cop out, you know, because of that verse, but in really difficult seasons. And, and again, in seasons where someone is suffering to the point that you've been suffering, it probably does look a little different. And so again, I love that you were just making those investments of the word of God and still seeking God, even if it looked different than maybe you wanted it to, or maybe that it had in the past, or maybe different than what your ideals would dictate. And um, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Um, You've just shared so many amazing things today. I'm so grateful um, in closing, you just kind of have an open floor. Is there anything you want to talk about? Maybe answer to a question I didn't ask you. Um, or is just something that you feel would be important for somebody who's dealing with chronic sickness or some other form of suffering?
1: Um, yeah, no. Um, my goodness, we could talk for hours, couldn't we? <laughs> we really could. <laughs> I love I know we we covered so much already, but um Just kind of tagging off what we just, the question you had just mentioned, brought up something that I was, you know, if it didn't naturally come up, that I might just add this at the end, and it's it's to the person who's suffering, you know, if you haven't seen the victory yet, if you're struggling to receive the answers to the millions of prayers that you've prayed, Mm. I just said it, your story's not over. You know, yes. what seems like an ending is only the beginning. Mm. You have a hope and you have a future. The chapter, like I said, is going to feel long. Um, but that next chapter just might be around the, the right around the corner. If we just hold on. Yeah. And in then in the meantime, don't discount this season of waiting. Um, we don't want to miss out on what God can do in us during this season of suffering. it's in the waiting that we learn how to fully trust God just knowing that He's right there with us. It's in the waiting that we learn how to find joy in resting in Him. Um, it's in this season of waiting that we get to experience the fullness of His love. We get to know him even more, you know when he comforts us in the middle of the night, um, when he speaks to us in that still small voice. So, if everything in life was roses and cupcakes, <laughs> we would and we would never experience pain and suffering. We might miss one of the greatest gifts that yes. pain and suffering offer us, and it's it's that opportunity to get to know God like we've never known Him before. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't discount this season of waiting. There's a whole poem on waiting that I I used to read again and again and again that really has helped me too. And it it basically says just what I said, it's just learning how to rest in him, learning how to trust him. You wouldn't learn these things if you didn't have to go through it, you know, we, and we would take all of those things for granted. And these things help us just get closer to him. And that is a gift. So don't discount the waiting and, and just count this all joy (laughs) despite the suffering.
0: I don't even know if I asked you, I meant to ask you to read that poem, because I've heard you read it before. Do you happen to have it?
1: I do. Yes. You do? Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I asked you or not, but that no. poem is amazing. And I would love for you to share it.
1: Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm just pulling it up. Bear with me. Um, okay. Here it is. So it's called Wait by Russell Kelfer. And it says, Desperately, helplessly, longingly, I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly, he replied. I pleaded and I wept for a clue to my fate. And my master so gently said, Child, you must wait. Wait? You say wait? My indignant reply. Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. (laughs) Is your hand shortened or have you not heard? By faith I have asked and I'm claiming your word. And Lord, you have promised that if we believe... We need but to ask and we shall receive. And Lord, I've been asking, and this is my cry. I'm weary of asking and I need a reply. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate as my master replied once again, you must wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught, and grumbled to God. Okay, so I'm waiting for what? <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to then kneel and his eyes met with mine and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens, darken the sun, raise the dead, cause the mountains to run. All you see, I could give and pleased you would be. You wouldn't have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You would have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. Mm -hmm. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through the clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence was all you could see. You would never experience that fullness of love as the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You would know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth and the beat of my heart. The glow of my comfort late in the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight the depth that's beyond getting just what you ask from an infinite God who makes what you have last. And you would never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dreams for that loved one overnight could come true, but oh, the loss, if you lost what I'm doing in you. Mm. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest gift is to get to know me. And oft my answers may seem terribly late, but my most precious answer of all is still to wait.
0: Wow. That uh, poem. <laughs> yes. You would have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. Yeah. Oh, and just makes me think of how Paul said that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I'm not quoting it exactly, but that poem is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and just thank you for everything you've shared today. Like you said, I think we could talk for hours. I would love yeah. to just go on and on. I'm sure there is just, I know there's such a depth and, and again, a lot more you could share, but I do just want to wrap up here and say, thank you again. Um, I really appreciate it.
1: Yes.
0: It's
1: been an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been wonderful.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I will just share that Angie spoke to our CLC ladies a couple of years back. And um, she talked about the same topic about suffering and chronic illness. And I'm going to link to the audio from that in the show notes. So you could also check that out. She has more to say. Um, And if you've enjoyed what she shared here, go check it out. Um, Angie, again, thank you so much. I love you. And I hope to see you soon.
1: Love you lots. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you again so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is Unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.